0: If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the 12th chapter of Hebrews. going to be looking at verses 1 through 4 uh, this evening. And if you had to put a title on this evening's message, it would be a very simple title of, What You Looking At? (laughs) They said, really? You've entitled your message, What You Looking At? But if you look and see these first four verses, that's exactly what the writer of Hebrews helps us uh, to ponder, if you will. What are we looking at? Now, you know, you can say that and you can, uh, it it depends on the tone of voice that you use. You could uh, go and someone's looking, uh, whatever it may be, and you go up there and says, what are you looking at? And they will say, well, I'm looking at these flowers and like that. Or you could go up to them and say, what you looking at? <laughs> it, it takes on a whole new uh, attitude. It's, it's your attitude. And so, uh, But tonight, I just want us uh, to look at these first four verses. And as we look and think about what are we looking at? What are you looking at? The writer of Hebrews is reminding us that we've just gone through uh, uh, chapter 11. He's given uh, uh, example after example of those who live their faith out. And now he comes to the 12th chapter and we're reminded of those that we have looked at. And, 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 and then he says, what are you looking at? Three things that we'll see tonight. First of all, we're going to look at others. Then we're going to look at ourselves. And thirdly, we're going to look unto Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, 12th chapter, verse number one, it says, Wherefore? Now, the reason why the wherefore is there is it's reminding us of what we just read. The 11th chapter, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And he gives example after example of what faith looks like. He says, wherefore, or because of what you just heard, seeing you also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience. That word patience can also be translated endurance. Let us run with endurance the the race that is set before us. Now, understand before we keep on. This, he's talking to believers here. Because he says that there's a race that's been set before us. Well, if you're not a believer, you can't get into the race. Okay? And so he's talking to, to the believers and he says, Okay, here's, there's a race that's been set before you. Now notice the tense in which that's used. It's already been set. Okay, your course has already been determined. God's will for you has already been settled. The, the, the part is not how, where, where are we going to find our race, where are we, we going to run? Let's find our path. That's already been set before us. God's already taken care of that. And He says, this is what I have in store for you now. It's up to you how well you run it. Do you see the difference? It, we're not looking for, okay, where, where are we going? Where, 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 where are we supposed to do here? The writer here helps us to understand that's already been said. God had a purpose in plan even before the foundations of the world were established. He had a purpose in plan for your life. And so it's not like God is like, okay, okay, there's Mike. Or I, gotta, I guess I got to find him a path here. No, that path's already been set. And, and so what I need to understand is that I need to find where, that, where my purpose and, and that plan for my life is. And God has already given me everything I need to run the course. He, he, he's empowered me and he, He's given me the strength and he, He's given me everything I need. And so the problem is not trying to find our course. The problem is how well are we going to run the course that's been set before us. Okay? Okay. And so, so he goes on and says, set before us, uh, and then picking up, and he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who uh, for the joy that was set before him uh, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, but then he goes on. He says, "For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners, and against him, against himself, lest ye be be weary and faint in your minds." And then, verse number four, you have not yet resisted into blood, striving against sin. And so for just a few moments, by God's grace, we're going to look at, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? As we've gone through the book of Hebrews, especially the 11th chapter, God has given us example after example after example of what faith looks like in action. Now he says... What are you looking at in order for you to complete the course that's been set before you? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power contained within your word. And Lord, I pray tonight that you'd help us to have understanding where we need understanding. Lord, that you would challenge us where we need to be challenged. Lord, that you would convict us where we need to be convicted. Lord, I pray tonight if there's someone here that has never had a personal relationship with you, Lord, they're not even in the race. I pray right now that you just prick their hearts, that you bring them under strong conviction, and Lord, they realize they're in need of a Savior, for it's eternally too late. Lord, I pray for the one that maybe has strayed off their course. Maybe they're not running with enthusiasm like they used to, they're not running with passion, they're not running with strength like they used to. Lord, I pray that they would come to realize that they need to be restored. They need to be refreshed. And Lord, we know that you're always willing to do that. So Lord, be with us tonight. Help us tonight. Help us as we leave here in just a few moments that we'll leave far better than when we first came in. Lord, you've been good to us these last few days. We rejoice over that. But Lord, help us not to get stuck in the past. Help us to look to the race that's been set before us as we move forward. And we pray all of this in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And so here we see, first of all, he uh, says that what we're looking at, you need to be looking around. Now, we've already alluded to the fact is that uh, he's making reference to those that have been examples And notice he uses that word witness. He says there's a great cloud of witnesses. Now, as you study the word and understand the word there, uh, this is not a a picture, if you will, that the, uh, the saints of old or kind of like in a stadium. You know, it's like going to a ball game where, you know, you're a spectator and you're in the seats and you're watching the game being played out and you're cheering them on and uh, you're rooting for your team. That's not what that word means. It means, oh, as it's translated, we get our word martyr from this word Witness. So understand, many of those in chapter 11 were martyred because of their faith. So what is he talking about? Witnesses. If, if he's not talking about they're around cheering us on and saying, you can make it. But here we understand is they're bearing witness to us. Now, how are they, why are they bearing witness to us? Because God bore witness to them. Look at chapter 11. Remember, oh, we have Moses, Abraham, we can go on and on and on where they lived their faith. And the reason why they were able to live their faith is because God bore witness to them. And because God bore witness to them, we are now uh, being, be- bearing, they bearing witness to us. And so that's encouraging to us. It's not like they're cheering us on. They're encouraging us by the way they live their walk and, 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 and walk their walk of faith. You want to be an encouragement to someone tonight? You walk in faith. I'm telling you, we can look around. There's many times when we're running this course that we get weary. The scripture tells us, the text tells us that you can get weary and, and running this race. And the best way to encourage someone who is getting weary is that you continue to live your faith out in front of them. It's encouraging to me when I hear someone give testimony. It's encouraging to me where I hear someone give a testimony how God did something in their life. That strengthens me. That's encouraging me. It's, uh, we, we, we think about uh, people like Job. I don't know about you, but Job encourages me. When I'm having my bad day and when I'm wanting to go under the juniper tree and when I want to go ahead and throw the towel in, I will just start reading Job. And then there's Joe who lost everything, but yet he continued his walk of faith. That encourages me. Now, you say, well, Brother Mike, I, I, I just don't know oh, what I could do. I, I just don't know. You know, you really don't need me. I, I, you know, I, I have some limitations in my life and, uh, and we can go on and on and on. I'm telling you, you just live your, your, your life of faith in front of someone and you're going to be an encouragement. And you're probably more of an encouragement to others than you really realize. And so here he says, look unto others. Look at these witnesses that have gone before us. Now, in Romans chapter 15, verse number 4, we see, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it talks about, uh, and it refers back to the Old Testament. He says, those things were written. Now he gives a reason why uh, the scriptures, especially the Old Testament, uh, we, 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 the Old Testament, sometimes we, we got this mindset is that, well, the Old Testament's really not relevant to us. We're under the New Testament. But I'm telling you, if you want to be encouraged in your walk as you're running your case, you go and start looking at a men like Joseph. You go and start looking at women like Ruth. And we can go on and on and on and on. And the reason why one of the reasons why the scriptures are written is to give us, to bear witness to us how to run the race and now how to finish the race strong. If we've never, we, we, and we've heard it in our conference, did we not, where all the signs, everything is in place for the king, Jesus, to come and call his bride home. We're in the latter days, folks. I'm telling you, and things are going to get a little bit tougher. This race is going to get a little more weary. We're going to have more obstacles placed in our course that we're running. But I'm telling you, we need to endure and we need to continue uh, and have the endurance because time is drawing close to when we're going to get pulled out of this race. And when we're going to finish uh, across the finish line and we're going to see our master and hear our master, say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Now is the time not to slow up. Now is not the time to get weary. Now is not the time to throw the towel in. Now's the time to really, with passion and enthusiasm, continue to run our course. Because I'm telling you, Jesus is coming and Jesus is coming soon. That encourages me. That should encourage us, church. And so here he says, look around. He says, look around because this race has been run. Now, it'd be one thing. Back a hundred years ago when I was doing a bit of uh, some running, we would have these little uh, courses and we would go to little towns. And uh, they would have it marked uh, and some didn't have it marked quite as well. And But they would have somebody and they would point you, you know, you got to go this way or signs like that. And so as you're running the course, you were looking for those markers. Uh, but uh, the best way to know that you're on the right course is to see who's in front of you. Okay? That's what he's talking about here. Hey, this race is not nothing new. There's been many who have ran this course. And they have ran it well. They ran it with endurance. And we have the Bible to show us the way to run the course. That's, that's what he's talking about. And so here we look around and we see that there are others. We need to look to them for their example. But the second thing that we see is that we need to look into ourselves. Notice the scripture says... And lay aside every weight. Now, uh, I used to play basketball. It, it's back in the days when the shorts were way up here. And you had, the, the, you know, those days. But anyway, and so we had some training techniques. And one of them was that you would put weights on. Oh, they, you would have ankle weights as you're running your laps. And then we had this, uh, where we had this rebounding uh, uh, exercise or drill, and the, we had a kind of a, like a vest-like thing that was weighted down. You put that on and do your rebounding. Now, those weights slowed you down in your training process, but, but they are also very helpful in you. Now, they were only used for practice. When the game came, you took the weights off. Why? Because it's going to slow you down. Here, if we're going to run our course well, we're going to have to lay aside some weights. Some things that weigh us down. Now, every one of us have different weights. By the way, a weight is not always something bad. It could be something good. Uh, I thought about confidence. It's good to have confidence. We've talked about this in another uh, message but it's good to ha- instill in your children confidence. You need to have some confidence. You know, when you're uh, in the business world, uh, they tell you when you, especially if you're going to go and interview for a job, you, gotta, you come in and you show some confidence. And that's well and good. But the problem becomes when you have overconfidence. See, that could be your weight. You, because you've been gifted in an area, you start uh, thinking, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm pretty sharp. Uh, you know, I think I can handle this. And so, what we do, we kind of go around and we kind of puff ourselves up. Paul talked about this. He says You better be careful about puffing yourself up because that's when your fall will come. See, that can be a weight. Confidence in, in itself is a good thing, but overconfidence can be your weight. Another one could be your intelligence. Everybody's gone around, and you went through school, and you you had no problems whatsoever. I mean, you know, you aced it, and uh, you you uh, uh, you know you you uh, you start to realize, you know, I, okay, I, I I know some things, I can do some things pretty well, but uh, that could be a weight because the Bible talks to us about being humbled talks about pride. Pride could be a weight. Whatever the weight may be for you, you need to understand if you're going to run your course that's been set before you, you're going to have to put those weights and lay them aside. But notice also, he says, also the sin that so easily besets you. He's talking about the sin that will trip you up. He's talking about the sin that will entangle you. Now, he does not name the sin, but it would seem that the sin that maybe he had in mind was the sin of unbelief. Now, understand the context in which we're talking here. Chapter 11 dealt with people who lived by faith. They, they were people who, who, even in the worst of the circumstances, they just believed God was going to show up and do what he said that he was going to do, right? And so we see, by faith, by faith, by faith. Now he comes and says, we're running this course. And he says, the sin, could it be that our sin is the sin of unbelief? Now, we'll say it with lip service. We'll say, oh, I have faith in God. But the way we live and run the course tells us otherwise. See, what I hear, when we're running, you have to, and and, and Olympics games and all that, but you'll notice, and I've talked to those who were training and all that, and, and what they have is they have a mindset that they don't go into this race saying, man, I sure hope I finish third. I mean, do you? You don't. when you get into a race, you don't think, boy, I'll just be blessed if I could just finish the thing. Now in my case when I ran that's probably where I wound it up but 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 I'm look but when I was running and when I was training I had a mindset you know what I think I can improve on my time from last time I didn't go into this race with negativity. I didn't come into this race thinking, well, maybe I can finish. Hopefully I won't cramp up too bad this time. I went in there and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to run this race. And I'm going to run it to the best of my abilities. And I'm going to, And I, when you get into a race, you get in to win, don't you? I mean, land sakes, you don't get in and say, let's just finish last. You know, we want to finish first. And so, here this race, the picture here that's being painted is when you get in this race, you understand you've got some weights that you've got to lay aside, and you also got that you have a sin that easily besets you and entangles you. See, here's where Satan comes into play, and I've experienced this. When you go run a marathon, it's not the physical, it's the mental that usually gets you. You're running. And your body's now your body starts to get weary and tired, but then your mind starts messing with you. It starts telling you like, "Hey, why do you why why is this a good idea to run twenty six miles?" Hey. Your neighbor can't even run 20 minutes without collapsing. You don't have to worry about finishing this thing. You don't have nothing to be ashamed of. Just go ahead and drop out of the race. Satan tells us when we're running this race that he set before, uh, God has set a course and he wants us to finish He doesn't want us to give up. He doesn't want us to have the mindset, hey, I don't know if I can make it. Well, you know, maybe I can. But if I don't, hey, that's not big of a deal. Uh, At least I got in the race. That is is the wrong attitude. And that's not what God has put in your mind. That's what Satan has done for you because Satan does not want us to finish the race. He wants us to give up. He wants us to throw the towel in. And so in the back of our mind, we're saying, you know, God can do, God can do anything. But in the back of our mind, we start questioning it. Some of you, you've been praying for someone in your family that's lost. You've been praying for a long time. And you've gotten to the point to where you're thinking, you know what? I guess, guess they're just going to die and go to hell. And you quit praying for them. You haven't finished the course. My mom is the, is the glue that held our family together. Still is. My mom was the only believer in the household. My brother and I were lost. My daddy was lost. She was the only believer. And I can remember many times over coming in late at night or early morning... I'd hear my mama praying for her boys. She prayed for my dad. I got saved, my brother got saved. Of course we started praying for dad. Dad was the only one left not a believer in the household. And we started praying, we started praying. And there was many times when I looked around and I saw my dad's not going to change. And I just wanted to quit giving and quit praying. Now, I'm sad to say there was times when I just said, God, what's the use? But I'd go and hear it late night, and I'd hear my mama praying for my daddy. For over 40 years, my mama prayed for my daddy. My daddy got saved five years before he died. And I think it's because my mama was determined she was going to finish the course and she wasn't going to give up and she just knew that her husband was going to get saved. You've been praying for somebody. Don't you dare give up because as long as there's breath, there's hope. And so we, we see here that we look to ourselves. So we put our, uh, the sin that besets us, we take the weights off, but also we notice that he talks about faith and by, through faith. 21 times in chapter 11, we see by faith or that phrase through faith is made mention of. 21 times. And so here, we need to look into ourselves. What do we need to look into ourselves for? What weights that we still have on that we need to get rid of? And also, what sin is keeping me from finishing strong? What sin in my life? And it, 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 a sin of unbelief or what are that sin that's hindering you, that's a stronghold in your life. And he says, you need to get rid of that. You need to confess that because this race is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Amen? We're, we're in it for the long haul, are we not? We're in it until Jesus comes or he calls us home. So here we have to, and and where do we get that strength and that comfort? Well, we go back and we see those people like Abraham and uh, uh, Abel, and and we can go on, and Rahab, how their faith kept him running, and and uh, uh, that uh, faith kept him to enduring. But then there's a third thing that we need to look at. And now notice here, it's not uh, because it's an afterthought. Okay, you've looked at others, you've looked at yourself. Okay, let's, it's time to look at Jesus now. That's not what this is. It's to, helping us to understand that we're looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto. That means um, that we are looking to the Lord Jesus for our salvation. We're looking unto. Now that word, look, it, it's an active word. Uh, you have to be aggressive about doing that. It's an action word. You're looking. You're looking... Not that you're saying, well, where, where's, where's the Lord? Where's the Lord? The Lord will reveal Himself to you. You don't have to worry about where He's at. He'll He'll find you, okay? And so, we're, but we're looking because our heart's intent is I've come to realize I cannot run this course. I cannot finish this race that's been set before me unless the Lord Jesus Christ is helping me. And the only way He can help me is that He is in me. And the only way He can be in me is when I've come to recognize that I'm a sinner, that I'm lost, that I'm undone and that I've come to recognize that I confess with my mouth and repent of my sins and call upon His wonderful name. And then when I call upon the Lord Jesus, He will come into my heart. He will come into my life. And because now He's in me working in and through me, I look to others for a comfort and encouragement, but I also understand it's not them that's going to help me get through this course. It's him, uh, H-I-M, capital letters here, please. And that we understand because of your testimony and because of your walk, I've come to recognize even though I can follow you, I'm able to follow you because you're following him. And when we're following him, we're going to be able to finish the course and we'll be able to finish the course well. So we look into Jesus. What does that mean? Well, remember when the serpent was lifted up and it says they looked unto it and they were healed. Yep. Jesus said, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men unto me. But then we go and see that the Lord lived by faith as well. What do you mean by that? I mean, here in Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 13, he says, the Lord's talking, to him, He says, I trust in Him. See, the Lord lived by faith. Now, I don't understand. I can't wrap my mind around that He was all man and He was all God. That still, I say, well, what do you mean you can't explain that? Well, you go ahead and try it. We accept it by faith. Okay? By the way, it's okay when someone comes to you and says, "Ah, oh, you know, y- y'all believe in the Trinity." Now, there's nowhere in the Bible does it say anything about the Trinity, and, and then they'll. T- that's why there were some false religions that think we believe in multiple gods because we believe uh, three, uh, in the Trinity, uh, and we tried to explain. Now, I know the illustrations; I, I've, I've used those illustrations. But when you really boil it down to this, thing is about faith. I just trust God's word. And, and so he, Jesus says that he put his trust in the Father, right? Yep. And so here, as we're looking to run this race, we see men and women that ran the course by faith, but Jesus also lived his life by faith. Notice when he was tempted by Satan. When Satan says, oh, and, and gave him those temptations, did you notice... Every time Jesus was able to answer, he he could have easily just kind of nodded off and he says, I don't have to hear this, and he, he could have done some supernatural thing. We understand that, right? But isn't it interesting? He didn't do that, but he kept on referring back to the Word of God. Why did he do that? Because... He knew that we were going to be running this race. And He is showing us how to run the race. He didn't do... Matter of fact, when He did any miracles, He didn't do anything to Himself. He was giving us an example of how to run this race by faith. Jesus had faith in the Father. That's the reason why He cried out. He says, not my will, but your will be done. All of this was an example. I mean, Jesus, everything he did was to be an example to us, to show us that we can really be victorious in running our race. He he said he didn't give us any magic portion. He didn't give us a magic wand or anything like that. He says, here's how you do it. You do it by faith. And that's how Jesus lived his life. He did it by faith. And so, here's an example that we are living by faith. But notice in verse number 4. In verse number 4, it talks about the blood. It says, uh, they have not yet resisted the blood. What he's talking about is those who were still running the race, they, not, they had not been martyred. Okay? They didn't have to, they didn't have to shed their blood. I thought about this. Sometimes that's get me in trouble. I thought, okay, I've read this and I read this. Why did some not have to shed their blood? Because, and those that did shed their blood, but when Jesus shed his blood, that changed everything. You got it? And so we're running the race, and he says, now, you keep on running because you have not been martyred. You have not lost your life. He says, and that'd be okay uh, because, goes back to what I just said earlier, the the rapture could happen any moment, right? We could, we could, wouldn't it be pretty cool that we, those of us right here, we go up tonight. It can happen there. And so here, we're going to understand some that are going to be running the race are still going to be running the race when he decides to come back. Okay? But those of us who have gone on we are able to go on and we're able to finish our course that's been set before us because the blood that He shed for us. Because the blood that He shed for us was the remission of our sins. And because we have remission of sin, we've been forgiven our sins. We can have victory in our life. And so when the things get tough and when you're running the race and you're getting weary, you just think about the blood. And then and, and when you get a little weary and think about the blood, when things get difficult, when things get to where you don't know what else to do when you're getting weary. Maybe you're on your deathbed, but you're still running your race. You just think about the blood. You just think about what Jesus Christ has done for you and how He died on Calvary for you. How He shed His blood for the remission of your sin, How He set you free. And no matter what happens to you in this race, you're going to win and you're going to finish. It's all because of the blood. The precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, in verse number four, we see Peter uh, preached this, talked about this. We see the psalmist also made reference to it as well. It's interesting to me that many of our Psalms point to Jesus. Uh, 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 Many of our Psalms, uh, David himself was pointing to Jesus. Now, they might not have fully understood what they were talking about, but the Word of God helps us to understand. That's been God's plan from the very get-go. Even before there was a beginning, that was God's plan. He says, I'm going to set a course out before them, but I'm going to go ahead and provide everything they need to run this course. Aren't you glad tonight that you don't have to think about, oh, what else do I need to get? What else do I need? Um, Do I need a little more faith? I just need a little more faith. You got all the faith you need. Oh, I just had some more of the Spirit. You got all the Holy Spirit that you need. What the problem is, the Holy Spirit needs to get more of us. And so we're running the race. We're going to finish the course. But notice, it doesn't stop there. In the Psalms, in Psalms 110, it talks about that he was exalted to heaven. He was exalted to heaven. And tonight, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Now watch this. We've been running our race. We've looked to others. Abraham, Moses, Isaac, Rahab. We go on, Joseph. We looked in ourselves. I got some weights I need to get rid of. I got a sin that's a stronghold. I've confessed that and gotten rid of that. I'm running my race. I'm looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. I see... I did one marathon. Well, I did two. I didn't finish the second one. I was coming down off a hill... And I saw the finish line. It was probably a mile. I could have sworn it was 10 miles. (laughs) And I'm looking. And I'm ready to drop. I mean, I'm I'm getting Charlie horses popping up on me. and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm getting weary. Then I started. And I looked and I saw finish line. I'm getting closer I'm getting closer, so I put another step another step, then I start hearing the crowd there's runners down before me, and they're dragging like I am, but they're finishing. I got encouraged Amen. they say a thing about second win that's that's real. man, I started getting. And the closer I was getting, and the more that I saw that was going before me, the more encouraged I was getting. And so I thought, man, I can make this now. I can make this now. And then I'm, I'm, I'm right there. I mean, I'm right there, and I'm, and I'm throwing my hand. you thought I won that thing. I'd throw my hands up, and I was pumping my fist, and, you know, and they were, hey, you know, like that. And I crossed the finish line, and I said... Woo, way, I mean, i was just all excited about that, and I thought I just ran 26 miles, and I said I feel wonderful. And they put this little little medal around you. Yes, that race believed in participation trophies, <laughs> there was like 10,000 runners, and I was 9,999. But you want to know something? I still had a medal around my neck. And I thought, what a wonderful picture that is for us. You may think that you're weary. You think you can't make it, but you can make it. Because there's those who are encouraging us. And there's those who are cheering for us. And there are those who says, I know you can make it because I made it. And when we cross the finish line... It won't matter if you thought, I just barely got over the line. I'm all, oh, I'm hurting. you still finished. And God is going to say to us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So here, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? You're looking at how difficult things are in your life tonight? Are you looking at the fact that you have some limitations that's been placed upon you physically, maybe financially? Are you looking at the fact that there are those who in the past said that you would never cut it, you couldn't make it? What are you looking at tonight? Who are you depending upon? Who are you placing your faith on that's going to help you finish and finish strong? We're crossing. The finish line is in sight. Now's the time for us to get our second win. And now's the time for us to encourage one another. Now's the time to say, we can make it. We can make it. For the glory of God, we can make it. How do you know that? Because I saw many others go before me and they made it. And I can make it too. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I was I was yesterday I wasn't worth killing. I was excited about what, my, but I was tired. My, my 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 body was just like keep me in bed. And I, I was doing some things, but I just I, I just I just wasn't feeling, you know, I just wasn't into it. I went home I went home last night and I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Golly, I said, man, Sunday morning, and then I, I thought, I just, I'm, just, I'm just tired, Lord, I'm just tired. And then I got up, came to church. Soon as I came into the back doors of the Jubilee, I got my second win. I thought, ooh, praise the Lord, I'm in the Lord's house went into my class and have a wonderful class man they were in a good spirit and they were loud and cutting up and carrying on i'm thinking oh lord you know what i needed Amen. and then i came in here and i'm thinking i'm just be honest with you i'm thinking okay time change that's going to kill us spring break that's going to kill us there won't be nobody there i came in church had a good crowd I'm just be honest. I'm transparent, okay, and I know sometimes I'm too transparent. But I was I was struggling this morning. I'm thinking this is the sorriest sermon I've heard, and I was like, Lord, I'm getting tired of hearing myself. And I mean, I was just I'm just telling you, I was struggling. Heard all that great preaching and whatnot, and I'm thinking, Lord, I just there ain't nothing going to happen. Saw people starting to come down to the altar. Start seeing people getting the cards and writing cards out, which means there's decisions being made. And I said, Lord, forgive me for my unbelief. Forgive me, Lord, for my little pity party. And Lord, thank you. His brother Kevin Hamm, thank you for sending the rain to me today. By the way, it's raining tonight. It's raining outside, but I'm praying it's raining inside. we got a course to run. It's been laid out. It depends on us how well we run the course. He's given us everything we need. Let's utilize it. And let's continue running the race for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.